How do you plan on making money with art? Who you, Muka? Muka? Who's that? The Mad K Studio Show. Welcome to the Mad K Studio Show, Episode 2. Today we're going to kind of take a little uh, walk down the, um, the idea of illustration and the way people have illustrated through the years. Uh, if you like what you've seen so far for, in the show for the first episode, and this is only the second one, go ahead and subscribe, hit like, and I appreciate a share. But anyway, let's get to the show. We're going to talk about um, kind of my favorite illustrators. Well, I can't even say my favorite. There's so many I have that I enjoy. This will be more of just a, a general walkthrough of a bunch of different artwork that's influenced me that um, I think that you will have some interest in as well. You might have heard of some of them, other ones you haven't heard of. So we're going to start around 1900 and work right into present day, basically. So for the next half hour, join me on that, and we will see you in just a sec. What is illustration? I think of illustration in the um, advertising world. So I think about ads I've seen with illustrations in them. That's kind of how I got started. So let's talk about Alphonse Mucha. He was an illustrator at the turn of the century through the Art Deco period or so. Incredible guy. So if you look at right here, this one is a, I'm going to click it on my computer so I can see it. This is a job cigarette rolling paper ad from the teens. So 19 something or other, I'm not sure exactly. But check it out. Look at it, especially the way that they did the hair. I mean, the way he did hair, and he's got, it's almost like graphic. So he, he, he the hair comes around, and then it, it, it morphs into other hair as like a graphic picture. But then other parts of it are very realistically created, and there's a lot of design around the outside edges and things like that. He really had a way with this that I, I, I discovered him in art school through my friend Corey. Um, he was really a Muka fan, and... It turned me on to it, so I really thought that was a pretty, pretty cool thing. In this next Muka painting, I'm not sure what this one was for. As I was doing my research, I didn't really see it. This was just a good example. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to be doing today is going through books that I have and showing pictures from the books. These were online. I don't have any great Muka books. Shame on me. I should. But um, this one here, it's just a, another incredible... You can't tell if this was something that was done in 1910 or 1980 or today. It just has a, uh, a real feel for it. I love the coloring he uses and just the way he does the shading and things like that. These were real artists and I, I consider these guys to be true fine artists and most illustrators weren't considered that way. And he, he did quite a bit of uh, advertising art in the, at the turn of the century area, like I said, through the 20s. So Alphonse Muka, check him out. I will have some links for all of the stuff we're gonna talk about today in the description below on the YouTube channel. So if you're listening online, this is one of those uh, this is one of those episodes that you're going to really want to go to the YouTube channel, subscribe and check it out because what I'm talking about won't make much sense on a podcast. So anyway, that's Alphonse Muka, the first in the line for the um, artists that I really really think are cool. Our next time period is the uh, 20s, 30s, 40s era kind of thing, and I'm not going to pick an artist in particular. Instead, I'm going to I'm using one of my books, um, Art Deco in America, 
and Art Deco, of course, is what we're going to talk about there. Um, and Art Deco was a really clean way after Art Nouveau, which was that that Art Nouveau was the 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 style of the teens and early twenties. Um, that was Muca, Alphonse Muca. That was an Art Nouveau style, which really had a blending into Art Deco. So the Art Nouveau was very organic and, and very busy. There was a lot going on where Art Deco tended to be a lot more refined and clean, almost like you took all the curved and crazy shapes from Art Nouveau and just tightened them all up. And that created the Art Deco time frame. So let's look in here and I will show you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. This is an Arrow ad for the Arrow, um, I wonder what you're talking about here. Dress, dress collars and shirts from 1922. Looks to be an oil painting, probably on canvas, that's been very heavily gessoed so it's smooth. But uh, the coloring and the way the lighting is, and this is just one of those images that really, really uh, affected me. I really enjoyed seeing this inspires me to try and work and do some more things but this is you know this is a great example of illustration and just the the way that they have you know if you look on his on his the shadows and the way the lighting is almost like they're up on stage or they're going to a fancy ball who knows but it's just such a cool really cool image i really dig that and another cool image on the same page is this one right here where it's you've got um, it's more of a architectural image, and there was a lot of this kind of ar architectural imagery in the, the 20s and 30s. And I believe this one was from oh 1929. I think it's a it's a uh, it's Central Terminal in New York City or something like that. But anyway, this is just another cool picture. And um, I got one more to show you from this time frame. It was just a you know this the Art Deco craze went right into the war. World War II and actually extended through the 50s and really just it's kind of solidified itself as almost Americana the style of it um, so this is one of the ones that I thought was kind of cool from the war you know and it was just an, kind of an early airbrush style that um, that 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 was quite popular during the war this is almost like World War One kind of stuff but this was this was 1941 and you can see the, you know, they've got the riveter up top and the guy with the machine gun down below. And it was kind of dated. So if this was two years newer, you would have seen completely different look in the in the um, the artwork. But anyway, that's just a couple of Art Deco kind of ideas. This is a great book. And I will list all the books that I'm using and I'm showing here. Some might be out of print. But uh, again, I'm going to list on the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, just look at the description and I'll have... Uh, Links to all these. I'd probably find them on Amazon or something. But anyway, that's the Art Deco. On to the next. Sticking into that same Art Deco time frame, we're uh, going to look at M.C. Escher. I like to call him the artist of mathematical impossibilities. So people that are familiar with Escher, he's the guy that does you know, a lot of these really wild-looking pencil drawings and pen and ink drawings and things like that. This is... This is uh, my favorite book of his in the back cover. It's a really cool. He does a self-portrait as it's reflected into a into a chrome ball. Guy was incredible. So he did. Uh, he really twisted what illustration could be and science and math and put it all together in illusion. So let me show you something like he had done. He was you know have you seen the the pictures of the never the never-ending staircase or ones like this. So this is, if you check that out there, 
that's this is the never ending um like like canal if you look at it it just keeps going and going and you go it goes up and up and then it goes back down is it is it flowing up river is it flowing down river you never know it's beautifully drawn you know he made these prints and whatnot and uh he was just a incredible with his ideas of shape and one of the other things he would do is shape positive and negative space you know like so if you draw something you know if i drew these two hands like this i'll, I'll do it over here so you can see if you do the two hands like this the hands are the positive shape this middle part in here that's your negative space so these the hands are the positive space the negative space makes something too so what escher would do i will show you this we'll do some You'll see close-ups of them too. So he would take like a um, uh, this motif here, which is you know birds. So they start out on the on the bottom here as triangles, and as they work up, it's just a graphic triangle that was into a another triangle that's a little bit warped on the side, and then a bird flavor, and then something like that, and it just keeps going up and up until he gets an actual bird, and they're flying away. I mean, it's just just unreal. This whole page, you, you can't you can't lose in this whole page. And this book is full of this stuff. This is really, really cool. So even on this side, if you look at this, this is the staircases. You don't know if they're going up or they're going down. You can't you can't tell because it's really a it's it's an illusion, optical illusions that he puts together. And uh, so check that out. Also, you know, birds, this is the positive and negative space like we're talking about. So he uses a positive space to do a bird, and the negative space has a bird too. He was just amazing. It's just another style of illustration that um, I, I, it really it really got to me and, and affected me, which I think is really, really neat. So I hope you get a chance to check this out. The book is called M.C. Escher, His Life in Complete Graphic Work. It is a very large book and it's expensive, but you'll probably find it cheap on Amazon. Look for the links below again. And with that, we're going to move on to still staying in the Art Deco 30s to 50s theme. Uh, we're going to move on to our next artist. Whew. This next guy, if you are a study of, of art history and illustration, this guy to me was just one of the absolute greats. That's the unsung heroes. You know, you got your Norman Rockwells out there. Everyone knows who he is. And, and only recently, in the last couple of decades, has even been considered a, an, uh, a fine artist. Well, there's another guy, and his name was Alberto Vargas. And he, kind of the, the pinup girl master. I mean, the ones that I think about of, of the perfect pinup girls of the 40s, I think of Alberto Vargas. This guy, I can't even start to uh, talk about the influence that he has had on my artwork and my shading and the way I draw and things like that. And I am still, to myself, terrible at drawing figures. So let me show you some of his work. This is incredible. So this particular one here on this page, where are we, over here, this was for Jurgen's face cream. It was a proposed uh, piece of artwork for an ad, and I just think it's super cool. You know, these three women, the way he would do faces and the way he had, uh, there's barely any paint on there. It's really very simple, simply done, but the contrast between the hair and like the eyes and the mouth and the lips, the way he, he was able to, to, to capture these people was just amazing to me. So there's one there, and we've got, let's see here, coming back, here's a great one. This is from 19, 19, 1944. He did a lot of advertising. He did a lot of illustrations for Esquire magazine. This is 
another one of his his great works that he had done that would be published in Esquire magazine. And during the war, these would be pinup girls. Really, um, so many of his paintings ended up as bomber art on uh, the Allied bombers. These were some of the ones that were used to uh, create the bomber art. So I really like that style of, of artwork and that whole genre. I think it's just super cool. He really was just one of many really great artists that did pinup art during the 40s. You know, and here's a here's just a cool little ad, something else that he'd done. And it's, uh, you know, really interesting, the difference in advertising between now and back then, where now you have the video and you've got television and the internet, where advertising back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, 1800s, if you look at old advertising, it's amazingly well written. The, the graphics were usually really good. It was a really... They had to. They they only had you for a second, and you had to read it in a magazine or a, or a newspaper. So, um, just I almost think it's kind of a lost art. But we still see some today, which we'll see a little bit later on in the in the show. But this is Alberto Vargas. This is just a book. I think I bought this used at uh, bargain price right there. So I don't even know where I got this book. But I've got a bunch of Vargas books because I refer to them all the time. So anyway, I will put a link to this one in there. And you can check it out for yourself. But yeah, Alberto Vargas. I think you'll like it. It's not one for the kids. So there's a lot of naked ladies and stuff in there, which is, you know, another reason I like it. So anyway, that's Vargas. Let's move on to the next. All right, for our next trip down into the world of illustration, we're going to talk a little bit about industrial design and how um, companies and corporations, still people and artists, would use illustration through for design work and and uh, do presentations and things like that. We're going to start with Raymond Lowy. This is a really cool book um, written by Raymond Lowy, and it's all about himself. So Raymond Lowy, you may or may not know his name, but you definitely know what he's designed. He's designed just, I'm not even going to go through it. I could do three shows on what he's done in his lifetime. He's one of the most prolific designers in the world ever. So that being said, let's start out with something you might be. Now this isn't an illustration, but to give you an idea of the kind of things, the kind of level he was at, he designed that, that plane you might recognize there, it's Air Force One, and that basic design stayed for many, many, many years. They changed it recently, which I disagree with. I think this was an absolutely beautiful design, should have kept with anyway. That's not an illustration. So let's stick to the program here. Hupmobile. Who's heard of a Hupmobile? Well, there used to be in the United States about 700 or so different automobile manufacturers, and Hupmobile was one of them. It was a pretty good sized one. A lot of people might know it, and you know, it went away with LaSalle and Essex and and um, Continental and DeVoe. There's so many that uh, marks that aren't there anymore. But anyway, this top shot. This is. A rendering that Raymond Lowy did in 1932, or a rendering he did, I'm not sure when he did it, it was of the 1932 Hupmobile proposing, um, you know, the new design and whatnot. And below it is, this is super cool, that's a 1946 Greyhound bus. So you think about traveling across the country and by train, and the, the, in 1946 there was no interstate, there was a lot of roads, you had Route 66, you had a bunch of other roads, you crisscrossed the country. However, you uh, buses were, were a big deal, and they were just coming on. So imagine 
the coolness of traveling across the country in a bus like that. And these were luxury vehicles at the time. They weren't super cheap. So really neat design and the way that he drew it and the way that he captured metal and steel and things like that. I've always looked at, you know, I, I discovered Raymond Lowy when I was in college for industrial design. He's an industrial designer. So of course we studied him and, um, Dreyfus and Associates is a company. I have a poster at, uh, I actually hung it up at my work at Ciro, but he, he did a lot of work through there and they, they did so much and he was, he was a internal part of that. But yeah, Raymond Lowy, check him out. He also did just other kind of, this is a great illustration that he did. I think he did it. It doesn't really say in the book, but this is called Weekend. So it's a, it would have been done sometime in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, I'm thinking, because it, uh, looking at the top, it's a top view of a bunch of cars, so I'll put it, uh, in the close-up, you'll see them a little bit better, you know, here's a Volkswagen Beetle, and here's a BMW, and it must be, I think it's a foreign, it's got to be in a foreign country, because most of these cars are ones that, well, you don't see any big American cars, so you see the Volkswagen Beetle is one of the bigger cars, compared to, this is probably a Fiat or a Subaru and then also you have in there, you can see pictures of, um, boy, it looks like a Bianchi. It's, it's just some of the weird little cars that he had that are over there. But anyway, this is just an interesting illustration graphic that kind of blurs the, 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 the parameters of what's illustration and what's graphic art. So anyway, that's Raymond Lowy. And then also, I'm going to just, in the American world, one of the biggest... I guess um, uh, biggest style, art, biggest art forms that I thought was really really cool was the 1960s car advertisements. They had such great artwork. This one, this is a cool book. If you guys want, just I'm a station wagon fanatic. Just side side note. Um, so if you like station wagons, this is a great book that tells the history of them. It has some cool pictures. But this is one of them here. If you look over at the um, down on the bottom, it's a Pontiac is a 66 Pontiac Bonneville, you know, uh, station wagon. But this was in the wide track years, and they tried to make everything big, and and uh, they just, the, the way they extended, the, the, they weren't really lying in, in the illustration, but they just enhanced the length and the width and the size of things. And that, the style of drawing was really interesting to me, and, and it's really what got me into doing marker renderings and wanting to do more airbrush stuff. So it was pretty cool. But anyway, that's that's the, the kind of the industrial design side of things. And next we're going to move into things a little bit more modern and talk about that. So hope you've enjoyed it so far. All right. These last few artists have brought us up into the 70s, 60s, 70s. Now we're going to take and hit the late 70s with um, a guy that has pretty much set the design standard for what the 80s look was. He did a few things that um, you'll recognize the style right away, even if you don't know his name. It's Patrick Nagel, and he died in 1984, which is ironic because he really set the tone for all of the 80s, and then midway through he died. Uh, I do have some of his work, actually quite a bit, and I enjoy it very much. But he was um, really known for, let me get started here, I'll show you this. This is a South Park gallery at Carnegie Hall. Um, from 1979. So if you look at that, get it in the light there, good. Economy of line is what I always look at for Nagel. He is just, um, it was incredible at, 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 at really being able to show 
high detail without having any detail at it on. I mean, if you look at the face in this, there's nothing. It's just a straight white face, but you you can see the contours and feel the contours, and it's all just suggested. It's incredible. So there's one, and as I'm moving things around here, pardon the lower. So, so here's another one here. This is a, you know, again, the, 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 the girl in a bathing suit, you know, the, there's just such fine... Um, Define lines defining, you know, what is her her armpit and her chin and her nose and her mouth and her lips. And it's just an incredible style that I, I tried to emulate. Again, failed to emulate because this guy is just the master of it. But I do I do practice once in a while using, using this technique. And I can do it with automobiles very, very well. But uh, when it gets down to just the form of the human body, it's amazing what he was doing. So here's a couple more for you. This was, all right, remember the 80s? We still were smoking in the 80s, everybody. We still had cigarettes. And this is a Lucky Strike ads from somewhere in the early, mid-80s that were, you know, again, just very, very simple. Just put the Lucky Strike logo in the back. And, and these were, yeah, I mean, these are all just solid colors. There's no blending. There's no nothing in them. And it's just, a, but he could capture a scene and depth of, of, of the scene that you're in and, and the detail in the people. It's just amazing. So... That was uh, that was that was one that I really thought was a cool ad campaign where you're not really showing the the product much at all. I mean, the guy's got a cigarette, but you know, there's the part of the logo in the background, and I just I just really think that that subtlety is a cool ad campaign, a cool ad story. And then finally, I'll show you the one I have. It's upstairs framed. We'll see if I get a shot of it, but it is this one right here. It's called sunglasses. When I went to Bermuda in 1983 or 84 with my parents, I saw this hanging on a wall. And um, a year later, I was in, in the mall. There was an art store, and I saw this thing hanging there with a beautiful like black-mirrored frame that went around, and it was big and matted. And it was $110 in 1984. And I didn't tell my parents how much I spent on it, but I went and bought it and brought it home. I still have it, and it's one of my prized pieces of art. Even though it's not really, it's probably just a cheap print, but... I didn't care. It was, to me, something that really meant something. I still look at it every day. It hangs in my bedroom. So anyway, that's Patrick Nagel. He was really, really one of the greats. And there's a few more that are newer, too, that we're going to go into right away. This next artist, Olivia, is one of my absolute favorites. A lot of her work is pretty risque. She did a lot of work for Playboy in the 80s, and she is an artist out in California that basically does like pinup girls, but modern pinup girls. I am a fanatic about Betty Page and the whole world of Betty Page and that kind of um, dark, mysterious underworld of, of uh, nude photography and things like that in, of the 50s. It's just interesting to me. And so Betty Page is one of the... the um, subjects that Olivia does a lot of and as far as I'm concerned she is the best at it and she's a mixed media artist so she uses all kinds of different styles of art and different kinds of mediums and since she's an airbrusher and an airbrusher extraordinaire um, she's one of the people that when I look at artists that I go no matter how hard I strive for I will never get to be as good as they are because they keep improving at the at the rate that I would improve at. So I'll never get to that level, which is, I think, good. I, it's, I appreciate that because it keeps me striving to be better and better. But anyway, if you look at this picture here, you know, this is a Betty Page with the cat and 
the way she's done this, her realism is incredible. Look at the eyes on both of Betty Page and the cat, the way the the, the shadow is and uh, the fur. The, I mean, it's really, it's hard to even imagine how she's done all that. But then I study it and I try it and uh, I can get some success. So if you're an artist looking for, you know, look, look, let, me, let me rephrase that. If you're an artist, you should be looking for people that are much better than you are to study. And this is the kind of art I really enjoy. Like I said, I'm not even any good at it, but I really like to look at it. So um, check her out. You know, it's, it's uh, Olivia. And let me see here. So here's the next picture. This is a very modern picture. This is Wonder Woman and the new Wonder Woman, just a, the way that she's done this and the way that when you, when you zoom in on it, you can see all the little brush lines and things like that, but you pull back a little bit and it's just this amazing portrait. And the way she captures the essence in the, almost it seems like the personality of the person in the expressions that she does has always been amazing to me and the colors she uses and the way she does it. She, she has an Instagram. It's at art of Olivia or something like that. I'll put the link down below, but her Instagram page, it's really cool because she has time-lapse videos of all kinds of her stuff. And she sells all kinds of prints and, and calendars and things like that, which go check them out because they're just incredible. So anyway, that's Olivia, one of the modern artists I really enjoy. And uh, next up, we're going to talk about shag. This is Shag. He is most likely my favorite artist right now. I mean, I, my favorite artists move over the years. There's times that uh, you get a new favorite artist for a while, but I keep coming back to Shag. Uh, I'm kind of a nut for mid-century modern design and arts and the tiki kind of lifestyle and Polynesian cool stuff. And then you get into the Las Vegas Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. kind of world. And he just captures that. So here's one here that's really neat. Um, what am I showing? There we go. You know, the way that he just he uses color. These are, again, this is just blocks of color. It's a lot similar to the idea that Nagel has, but he's not going for realism. But again, he just captures the essence of people and the colors he uses and the color palette he uses are great and they're bright and vibrant. And the style is just super cool. I got a chance to meet him a few years ago, he's a picture, and uh, really, really cool guy, and he came to Minneapolis from, he's from California, there's a shop out there, but he came to Minneapolis for a, a, a some tiki party at a bar, a local bar, it, was, it wasn't really that good of a deal, but but having been able to sit and talk with him for a while was great, and I showed him my artwork, and he was kind enough To sign my book so I've got a signed copy of his book which is kind of cool and I'll put links to that below here's another one of his pictures that uh, one of his paintings or actually so this is a serigraph 12 color serigraph it's 20 by 27 but it's called the little inferno it's just a I mean his characters are so cool in these things look at that isn't that neat so he's got these are either there's no shading in it. These are all solid block cover, colors. And the, the way he captures people, I just love it. So the shapes and everything are are just exciting. And I could go on and on with Shag. It, it's, it, it's just amazing the amount of work he's done. I even got his... Uh, he has a, uh, a a book of cocktail mixtures. So I, it's, a, it's the Shag 
you know, cocktail mixture book. It's pretty cool. But I'll, I'll, I'll we'll put a picture of that in here too so you can see it. It's really neat after I get it because I wasn't prepared. However, uh, that would be my favorite guy right now. So there's kind of a synopsis of some of the illustrative influences I've had. Well, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe below. That would help me greatly. I'm trying to grow this into something that we can do every week and have more guests on and do some more stuff. And for that, I need people to see it. And for people to see it, I need you to like it. I need you to comment. And I need you to share it. Um, I would really, really appreciate that. So if you want to help me with this, uh, we'll keep going down the road of what I like, what you like, and I'm all, always open to options of what you would like to see. So let me know. Send me an email, ken at madkstudio.com. And until next time, go get creative.